www.co.uk Network Radio. This week's guest is Philip Kinsella, a well-known medium who has appeared on television and has written numerous articles on the paranormal and UFO phenomenon. In tonight's show, we'll be touching on his new book, Believe, and how his ongoing work as a medium has helped bridge the gap between the UFO and paranormal fields of research. Within the book, Philip takes on a journey to show us that something incredibly strange is happening to people, and so-called experts merely push such stories and experiences aside as pure fantasy. He says he would agree with them, if he had not had proof himself and gone through a similar experience as so many others have done with regards to UFO contact. The real reason we're not told about the validity of UFO contact is that we are dealing with more than just your average nuts and bolts craft and that sole issue is also raised with regards to what these greys are and where they really come from. Philip has researched UFOs for more than 20 years and over that time an incredible realisation has occurred to him. We are definitely not alone. Very warm welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. Thank you very much. Um, it's um, a great subject, actually, because we try to cover the esoteric field, clairvoyance, mediumship, psychic ability, but also we do have a lot of shows on UFO phenomena as well. So uh-huh. it's yep. really good to sort of bridge the gap on that. Um, you've got a really good book coming out, but before we get to that, um, can you just give us a bit of background about what you do, um, how you got to this point in your work? Well, I'm actually a, a psychic medium. Um, I have been since 1999, um, although that isn't what I was involved with primarily. Um, I was, a, I was a, a, someone that was involved with UFO research for about 20 years. And then some things happened in my life that um, changed the course of my, as you would say, destiny, I suppose. Sure. You've moved on to clairvoyance work, and that's kind of yes. taken up most of your work up until now. Are you sort of moving back into the UFO field then at the moment? Um, well, it, gradually, half and half. I'd say more. I would do more work on the mediumistic um, uh, level because um, since I've um, become um, a medium, I, it wasn't by choice. Um, I've been taken up through a lot of um, areas. Uh, through an organization called Spirit Connections, run by Gail Peacock, who's my manager. And she deals with all my corporate events, book signings, and all that type of thing. So, yes, a large portion of my work is to do with medium mediumship. But I, I still have an avid interest um, in the UFO field. Sure. Okay. So, I mean, do you want to tell us some of your early experiences with the UFO field and, and kind of how it tied in with your abilities? Did they sort of come... Did you develop those abilities... But while doing the work, or have you always been sort of clairvoyant and psychic? As a child, I mean, I, I had very strange experiences happen to me. But like many people, they will say I didn't understand what those, what it meant, or what it was about. The UFO angle um, actually happened very early in my life. Um, I'm not claiming to be someone that you know lives upstairs with the fairies and all that type of thing. I'm very, very practical in my approach to any form of study or research. And um, I had an encounter in 1999 that changed, uh, shall we say, the way that I looked at reality. I mean, can you go into that? Um, A little bit. I mean, I had an experience that wasn't, you know, like a nuts and bolts experience where people see a physical craft, although that did happen in Mention Forest in 1997 through another experience that I had with two other people um, through an experiment. But... With regards to the earlier incident in 1999, that was quite a scary experience that I had. I had seen uh, something that was about three foot tall, dressed all clad in black, 
and um, that was viewed by myself and my brother and, and sister, and um, we had experienced that, and, and we'd gone on TV to um, document that. Sure, okay. So is, was that being what some people would describe as a grey? That's correct, that's right. Okay, okay. I mean, how did it make you feel? Are they a positive kind of being, do you think, or do you think they've got a vested interest? Well, through my research, I, I, I have actually accumulated a theory um, about them and what they are, and I don't feel that they're um, negative, but I don't think that they're positive either. I think they're within the balance. And um, uh, as I said, with, with regard to my research, what I've discovered is that I think there's something completely different to what we've been looking at regarding UFOs. I think uh, a lot of the media try to sway public attention into another area and not into um, what they really are or where they really come from, for that matter. Wow. So basically, I mean, I was doing a bit of research on, on your website and you, you say you mm -hmm. did do a documentary. Um, was, was that one with Nick Pope? That's correct, yes. I went on a television program. Well, there was quite a few programs I went on, and one was with Nick Pope, who's a great guy, and he was former head of MOD at the time, and, and he is actually a spokesperson for many of the uh, media newspapers. If there is a UFO event that's recorded or a sighting has been seen, they would consult him for his opinion. Sure. So basically, then that prompted you to go down and do your own research at the location? Yes, that's right, that's right, because, um, as I said, many strange things happened. I met Larry Warren, who was the uh, person who blew open the Rendlesham Forest case back in 1980, using the pseudonym of Art Wallace, and Peter Robbins. They both actually come from America to promote their book, Left at Eastgate, and um, I had a chance encounter with them, and they suggested to me that I go down to Rendlesham and investigate myself to see the truth for myself, which I and a few other people decided to do. Hmm. So, so I take it that the, the location now is open to the public, is it? I mean, at the time, was it fenced off? No, not at all. I mean, the area itself, the forest itself, is quite open to the general public. However, uh, on many an occasion where we were conducting our experiments on public property, um, we had been hassled by military helicopter um, on more than one occasion to try and flush us out of the forest. We're talking late at night, about 10 or 11 o'clock at night, um, and they wanted us out the area for certain reasons. Um, and we ha they had tried to scare us off on several occasions. And uh, I feel that someone in the military or the authority of the military actually knew that we were continually going back there to do our research. It's not hard when you've got a car, number plates and whatnot, but um, I feel that was the case. They tried to use scare tactics to get rid of us. Sure. Because Rendleton Forest is one of the credible UFO stories, really, isn't it? I mean, we've got military people involved, credible yeah. witnesses. Um, yeah. There's an audio tape that you can hear and listen to them actually speaking about the encounter as it happens. And you can hear the, yeah. the, the fear in their voices as they describe what yeah. they see. Yeah. It's quite fascinating. And it's not true about the light from the Orford Lighthouse, which is not too far away, because that's, that is rubbish, because we actually witnessed that ourselves. And um, the encounter that we had back in 1997 with an object um, that appeared uh, through an experiment was totally and utterly, completely not the beam of light. <laughs> mm. Yeah, sure. It was a solid object. Because from what I've read on the subject, it seems that the UFO wasn't the typical, as you would say, nuts and bolts uh, UFO. It was no. um, 
more kind of like a light based or <laughs> well from what certainly from what we experienced it seems to be interdimensional or if i would use the word interdimensional i would say that it opens up a pocket of probably time and space to appear um it, although it was solid it appeared solid it certainly appeared um, instantly and then disappeared um, after a while, as quick as it, it turned up. So it's obviously using some form of interdimensional travel, if that's the right word to use, to our current understanding of interdimensional um, uh, theory. Yeah. I mean, the, the universe is an amazing place, isn't it? We think that um, other races have to travel light years to get here, when really it's just another phase of light. It's just another, you know, they're in our space now, perhaps, but a, a slightly different vibration, they can bring themselves into our reality. Well, yes, that's right. I mean, the thing is, though, I mean, if, you, if, you, if people don't believe in things like life after death or UFOs, then um, you just have to ask them about the universe or what we are contained in. And the question, both questions are a paradox of thought, really. If there is an eternity, then where is eternity? If there is an empty universe, where's the end? But do you notice one thing that I find really interesting is that um, whenever this question is posed to cosmologists or people, learned people, as it were, of space, they won't give you a straight answer because they can't answer it. Uh, but the question is, obviously, I mean, we, we look at space in terms of space, but we don't really understand what space is. That, that's the big, that's the big uh, question, really. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, when you... I often think of dreams when you go to bed of night. You have these amazing, vivid dreams. Mm. You know, if you can conjure up those kind of images in your head, mm-hmm. then really that's just a universe inside your head. Well, that's correct, because the other thing with dreams, the wonderful thing is that there's no end, there's no space in it, so you're quite free to go wherever you want. <laughs> that's right, and, and the times, there's no time either, is there? Because you can have no. a... You know, I think it's a good analogy. It's like, what makes me wonder sometimes is you've got all these people on the planet and most of them don't believe, they just believe in this consensus reality. But they go, go to sleep every night, probably have vivid dreams, but never question what those no. dreams are. Well, you have to understand, that. I think we all have to understand that to a degree the general public are not um, in any way um, aware of these things. I mean, it's really quite a sad story. A lot of us get up in the morning, we're programmed to go to work, we have to do a job. You know, most of them raise a family, pay their bills. They're caught in this this trap, basically. Um, and if you, you know, read the, the papers, watch the news, it's all humdrum stuff. You know, it's nothing that's... Way, it, 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 to me, it's almost like suppressed consciousness. It's like keeping a society... Um, you know, force-fed with this media machine. And I've got to say also with regards to the media machine, the papers, the newspapers, television, they have a great way of controlling what they think and feel we should know about what we see, um, which is another way of controlling society and keeping it all very humdrum and very, very, you know, very easygoing. Yeah. If anyone wants to know anything about UFOs or if it appeared on the television that we were being visited by probably interdimensional beings or something like that, you know, people would go haywire, they'd go to panic. Um, mm-hmm. And as this one chap said to me just a few nights ago, you know, um, even though we've had snow warnings, we can't even deal with that, let alone the UFO phenomena. <laughs> <laughs> so it just goes to show, doesn't it, that, you know, a lot of the infrastructure of our society would collapse if it was ever brought to uh, the fore that we, we were and have been in touch with interdimensional beings. And that's why it's kept very secret. And I think the military, um, uh, very much the military, are aware of this. 
that they will do anything, take great pains to cover the story, to, to suppress anything. Another example I'll give to people that was quite interesting for me was when they actually um, aired a supposed alien autopsy that someone called Ray Stantilli had found on a film footage that was relayed on television many years ago. And I do not believe for one moment that that autopsy on television was real. I think that the whole um, thing was fabricated. Um, obviously, someone was getting too near to... I'm sure you're aware of the Roswell crash in 1947 in America. Yeah. Yeah. And I think someone probably was getting too near to something there, so they fabricated the story, showed it to the general public, let them believe it for a while, and dropped the bombshell so that they would all believe then, oh, we don't believe in it because it's a load of rubbish now, and bury the case once and for all. And that's sad about main cases of UFO uh, contact um, or any experiences that people have, is that when they do have this experience, uh, there's a lot of drama surrounding it. And then, of course, what they call disinformation to discredit witnesses and uh, use bully tactics to bring people down the credibility most certainly yes yeah in a way when you, I think that you know going back to what you said about the military do you feel that they perhaps have reversed engineered technology there's there's lots there's, there's many schools of thought on this subject isn't there that they've yeah. you know they're keeping yeah. it quiet because they've got their own technology they don't want us to know they've had a, an arrangement if you like with these beings well without sounding crazy or you know like someone that's been you know cooped up in a room on their own for years i'm sure you know like the, the running joke is that a lot of scientists and people that had been discovering things about anti-gravitational fields and um you know area 51 and whatnot most of them have actually been found dead or uh, committed suicide under very suspicious circumstances um i do believe however that um, area 51 in america Certainly, a Groom Lake, um, uh, they, the military have been using back engineered technology. I mean, since the 1940s, what's really interesting is that since the Roswell crash that supposedly happened, I believe it did happen, um, that segments of that craft were given to scientific corps. And since the 1940s, we have accelerated in our technological age, really. If you think about it, going back into our centuries, we were, you know, pretty much subdued um, intellectually until the 1940s. And all of a sudden, we had a great boom. I mean, what we've done, what humanity has done in the last 50 to 60 years is boom technologically. Um, and, you know, I think most people, if they opened their eyes, could see that. So there was something, obviously, that was meant to happen for us to integrate with something else on a higher level. Maybe it was given to us, we don't know. Sure. So it's great because we've got what we've got. We've got computers, we've got, I think we've got LEDs out of it or something, or Velcro and stuff like that. that definitely. You've done your yeah. research. Good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it just makes you wonder what they have. You know, they're, they're probably yeah. so many years in, in front of us. But I guess the greatest tool we've got um, is the internet, isn't it? And it's allowing us all to connect together and get the information out there, although it is a minefield with disinformation and misinformation. That's right. That's right. That's correct. Absolutely. I mean, the internet is wonderful in terms of communication, but when it comes to, um, you know, seeing the truth or seeing fabrication, that's another thing altogether. But as I said, you know, within UFO research, with any form of research, you have to have a pattern or you have to have a degree of, uh, uh, you know, you have to keep your feet on the ground and look at things scientifically as well, you know? Mm. Sort of going back to the the soul and then the religion aspect of it, you know, within obviously spirituality, um, yeah. there's a belief that we're all part of the great spirit. Um, so it kind of it, 
there's room for other beings to exist in the universe. But I guess where the issue lies is where, in, in some religions, that you know the human is the only one. You know. Well, unfortunately, where I stand, religion has done nothing but control and destroy, and politics the same. So I'm getting involved with that argument with religion. I'm not a religious person. I look at things quite um, scientifically. Um, as well as spiritually, and I do believe there is a source, a power, an energy power source, the divine, the great spirit, whatever people want to give it the names for. Um, I think that um, religion has in some ways destroyed or put the fear in people to control society. I think, you know, that, that's a very, it's so sensitive that no one's allowed to dare raise their head and make a suggestion. I remember once when I was doing a clairvoyant demonstration that I'd gone into a church and I, I, I apologized to all the people there, but I'm sorry I'm late. Um, I've just been, you know, having a conversation with a burning bush. Well, <laughs> no one laughed. And most of the people there were like Christian. <laughs> going to see what this was all about through curious minds. And I just realized at that particular time I put my foot right in it. But my, my, my suggestion here is that although some think if you go into religion, which, you know, it's really heavy, but um, my mentioning that I spoke to a burning bush is denied, yet people will believe in a manuscript that's 2,000 years old. And they believe that quite happily, but not in today's time, strangely, for some unknown reason. <laughs> I think this, this, this is the trouble, though, is, is breaking down um, belief systems in people's minds, isn't it? And, right. You know, and it has to be done subtly with, with people. Yeah. And I, I think um, you know that we. It seems we're going through a time of training. There's a lot of information on the net about um, you know time awakening, ascension, and stuff like that. And a lot of that, I think, we have to take with a pinch of salt as well. And but I definitely feel something's happening. There does seem to be a wake up in spirituality. People are definitely uh, tuning in and finding out more about uh, spiritual ways, if you like. They're trying to find out that. Um, about other races and ETs, and they want to know the truth about what's been going on with history. So it definitely seems that you know humanity is standing on the precipice of something quite big. Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. I mean in today's world now more than ever. Uh, I think that in the old days and the the dark ages, especially at the, the latter part of the 19th century, mediums were seen as witches, weren't they? Mm. And uh, suppressed and dealt with. And I think that through that suppression um, has now become an all-powerful um, uh, entity in people where they can't, they can't be controlled anymore. They're discovering that the mind is a very powerful tool and can be used um, to link with other dimensions, other dimensions being, you know, the spirit world. Um, because that is a dimension all in itself. I mean, we're, we're still trying to explore the spirit world. We know that we can communicate with people who have passed into that world. We understand that we are spiritual, that uh, even NASA has actually photographed the aura. Um, and I will say NASA is in never a straight answer, because that's mm. what they're known as most of the time. Um, but they have actually photographed the aura. And yeah, sure, we're becoming um, much more aware that we are more than just physical flesh and blood biological machines. And that's another thing that I find really um, curious, really more than anything, is that if you look around, if you open your eyes and look at nature and creation, um, it, it tells us uh, most definitely that it was designed, um, you know, it, it could not in any way be a fluke. Mm. No, there's, there's many things like that, isn't there? 
you know when you look out into the universe and you see the planets and then the galaxies and it just goes on and on and on and the other the other really interesting thing is the moon I find that crazy that the moon is just the right distance away and just the right size from the sun to be to, to create an eclipse there's lots of weird mysteries like that that just you know. Oh yes, and be careful because you're all doing this. Might think that I'll turn into a werewolf looking at the moon for long. So this is a crazy. This is this is a crazy question. Obviously, you you do the mediumship and stuff. And the way I look at mediumship is that you do you you open up, you connect to either guides. You can connect yeah. to your higher self. You can connect to yeah. other beings that are not your guides. You know, you have to be very discerning and stuff like that. But if you've got an open mind and you believe that there are other beings, and I do, most definitely, then have you ever picked up the energy of these beings also? Well, the only way I can explain is that it happened by, well, I wouldn't say by accident. Um, as I said, in 1999, I had an experience. There was a disturbance in the atmosphere, an electrical disturbance. And um, <clears throat> it was very strange to um, try and understand what exactly was going on. Um, but yeah, sure. I mean, with, with, as a medium, see, this was the thing that, that, that I, I had to think about before I wrote Believe, the book that's out now, that's, that's published by Cable Ben, publishing company in Somerset, because the one pr- before that was Reaching for the Divine, which talks a lot about mediumship and how it got involved and the process of mediumship, how it's done, which a lot of books weren't explaining. Um, with regards to the UFO subject, I did have to stop and think, well, you know, um, will people think that, you know, I'm involved with two different categories, two different subjects, but they take me seriously. But within the field of research, I bridge the gaps together. There is a theory that I have um, that I think that has been missed. And with regards to extraterrestrials or um, another form of interdimensional contact, um, with regards to picking up on ETs or ET sounds like something from Spielberg, doesn't it? People mm. laugh at their ET. Uh, but yes, for extraterrestrials, um, and extraterrestrials, is that I feel that more people have a negative um, energy or a pickup with that type of thing than they do with spirit communication. So there is a difference between the two. Sure. Okay. So what, what, I mean, what's your thoughts on channeling? Because there's a lot of channelers out there channeling ETs. I mean... I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm not sure about channeling. I've, I, I can't channel, and I wouldn't know how to channel. I only know how to do mediumship. Um, if I am to do channeling, then I, as I understand it, you're, you're not to be aware of what's coming through um, whatsoever. I know that the medium Eileen Garrett, um, she was an Irish medium. Um, she was a, a wonderful channel. I don't know if you're aware of the fact of the story of the R101 in Bedford, that crashed in France and that she was the medium that brought the crew members through with no technical knowledge whatsoever. So, yes, I do believe in channeling um, and I do believe there are some very good channels out there. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, do you feel in the future that um, we've got contact? Do you think contact be made imminently in the future? Well, it's inevitable, I think, <laughs> to be honest with you. I, I feel that it will be inevitable. Um, the, the, this is the weird thing. Um, only since the 1940s has the UFO subject made headlines and been a burden more for the military who have tried in all, all ways possible to try and bury the subject. And it always seems to be you know, something that's, quite, that's kept secret, that we're not allowed to discuss or talk about. Um, for some unknown reason, they've tried to control this. And I do know that um, a lot of footage from the space shuttles have actually recorded, filmed UFOs over the the Earth plane. There's a lot on, you know, YouTube or sure. the internet. 
can see with regards to this this activity that some scientists have tried to say is uh, you know ice particles but these ice particles are moving thousands of miles per hour you know <laughs> yeah, I've seen the footage you're talking about I mean Edgar yeah. Mitchell's been very vocal on the uh, UFO cover-up hasn't he Yes, absolutely, and I believe there was a UFO cover-up completely. I mean, the question is, with regards to the moon, quite interesting that you brought up. I mean, you know, man was supposedly to land on the moon, um, but my, my argument is, with all our technical resources, why haven't we been back there? It's that we either didn't go there, or we did, or we there's something that doesn't want us there, maybe? It's, it's kind is, of an odd situation, isn't it? Yeah, and one that you and I, the likes of you and I, will never know because it's very controversy. I mean, the likes of us people trying to search for the truth will never find those answers because, one, if we do, we'll be ridiculed or dealt with accordingly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, or, you know, it, or, or just looked upon as some crank. So there's, in my eyes, there's no way of winning. I do believe um, that we may have some form of interdimensional contact that may come. Uh, but I fear that that is going to happen. It, it's not going to happen like, you know, on V, where the motherships come over the earth. I think it might, you know, happen on a, a more spiritual level, um, almost like a, um, a conscious opening. Yeah, sure. Because my, my personal belief is that they're not coming. They're kind of already here. And oh, yeah. Do you see what I mean? And uh, it's, it's always very subtle. And mm. you know, and different groups have probably got different agendas with different groups on Earth. But yeah. it's a, it's a tricky subject, really. And I know some researchers obviously want to see the, the pure nuts and bolts and not interested in all the speculation of it. No, that's really. the important that's the important yeah. thing as well too, which I think has been missed greatly missed. And I feel that if it is a physical thing. I myself personally do not feel that it is. In a way, yes. In a way, no. But I'm talking about interdimensional. And um, <clears throat> with one group of the Greys, um, they, they've been here doing a lot of um, uh, supposed experiments on people. And, of course, people laugh at that. But you have to look at fine patterns or um, in any form of research, you've got to see where there are patterns. And I, I have found patterns which tell me um, that they are not what we think they are. Yeah, so w w when you say not what we think they are, what's the general um, consensus of what we think they are compared to what you've maybe uncovered about them? <laughs> <laughs> They'll have to buy the book, believe. <laughs> oh, okay, it's all in there, all right, okay. I will, I will, say, I will say that um, there's a cloning issue, I think, and I, and I feel that, you know, with regard to us humans, um, if if we cloned you a million times, for instance, you are in the natural process of reincarnation, incarnation, and so on and so forth. Um, but your clones will only have the, the the knowledge of one existence. When you die physically, when you die physically, you will return to your home, to heaven, whatever people call it. But the debatable question is, what happens to your clones? Ah. It's interesting you bring that. I mean, I've uncovered this before, reading some um, some books, you know, about you know the issue of cloning and the soul, because it seems that oh, those, yeah. those beings would just uh, the, the physical form would disintegrate, and then they would that's it. They're not they're soulless, aren't they? In a sense, uh, yes. Yeah. Well, to a degree, soulless. But as I said, the research that I've done actually moves that a little bit forward to find out how the greys operate, how they infiltrate our environment, and what they really want from us. 
and I, I feel that it may be due to a group consciousness working as one entity, one group hive consciousness. Mm. But, but I won't go into too much detail with that because that is in the book. Sure, okay. I mean, just quickly, um, the book is available on your website. Um, yes. And we will have a link uh, to that from our site as well. And I've just had a look on there. It's in your shop. And I will definitely be reading the copy of that myself. We'll, we'll send you a copy. Don't worry. We'll send you a copy. Yeah. And I have to thank also, you know, um, Gail Peacock, who does a lot of the work for me. And, and you know, the, the Spirit Connections, the, the organization that helps me and does all my promotions and whatnot. Because it's been a really tough and very funny ride for me beforehand because I didn't know where I was going with any of this, really. Um, and, and also Julia and John Day of Cable Band, they're fantastic people, the publishers in Somerset, they're wonderful. Yeah, I mean, we, we all need a team around us, don't we, really? You know, well, that's right, too that's much. it, nothing works without teamwork. That's right. Uh, yeah. Can I just point out also that <clears throat> we're actually, um, where a lot of our experiments occurred at uh, Rendlesham Forest back in 1997, we're actually wanting to take tours in there in late April with up to 30 people. And, to, and, and we'll be going around showing them where the initial uh, landing site of the craft was and, and indeed what we had experienced back in 1997. So that's, that's something that we're working on at the moment. Sure, okay. So if people want to get involved in that, they can just visit you through your website. That's um, right. So if you just want to read the address out. Yeah, it's www.philipkinsella.com and it's Philip with one L. Okay, so basically, I mean, a lot of people are used to doing the kind of paranormal vigils, aren't they? This is kind of taking yeah. it to a different level, really. So do you get yeah, a lot of people right. sort of crossing over and, you know, people that are into the paranormal are quite happy to dip their toe into the UFO field? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, the way that we look at it is it's decompartmentalised. I mean, people look at spirit communication, communication as spirit communication and UFO is a separate thing. I disagree. I think and I do feel that there is a connection on, on a different level. As I said, with regards to the research between an abduction and near-death experience, one is positive and one is negative. And as I said, you know, there is a connection there. Um, if, if altogether on a slightly different angle... So I, I, so, so I think uh, when they abduct somebody, I wonder, because they go through walls, and I think, are they taking the physical body, or are they taking the, you know, the, exactly. the outer body, the outer body exactly. part? Exactly, you know? exactly, you've got it, you've got it, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's interesting, because you think that even, you know, we think of the outer body part of us as just non-tangible, and it's just this ethereal, wispy thing, but actually, it's a real body, isn't it? It's... Yeah, well, it's our, it's our true form. I mean, we have to live and exist upon the earth plane in a physical vehicle, um, but the soul does separate sometimes from the physical vehicle through dream state, astral projection, or whatever. But um, I feel that the greys themselves uh, have a way of extracting the real you from the physical body and taking you into their environment so that you will be able to physically interact with them on that level. Yeah, but it's interesting that if they then put an implant into that into that body it still it manifests into the real body as well well yes i mean both are just a, the, the, the spiritual body is the real body yeah i mean it, it, it is connected to the physical host um so whatever you do to the soul will affect the physical body anyway i mean you know science will obviously discover perhaps in the future that yeah. through medicine and they they may this is going way way forward 
and I don't want them to lock me away for this, but in the future, <laughs> they might be able to find a way of bringing the soul slightly away from the body and, and repairing whatever damage or bringing the vibration back up to its correct field of frequency to heal that organ or whatever. So that, that's a possibility in the future. Yeah. I've I've come across that before. It's like the physical is like a projection of the the mental emotional body. Is that what is that a good name for it? Mental emotional, spiritual. Well, but yes, I mean you know mental and emotional. Yes, I do agree with you there. I mean they're all part of the same thing. But as I said, you know the the soul doesn't need a physical body when it dies. It goes just crosses back home, um, and it's the sum total of all that you are. But yeah, they are connected. While we're here on the earth plane, they are important. They are connected. But perhaps the greys have found a way of extracting. Uh, that part of us from the physical host, still keeping it connected, obviously, while they're performing their experiments or doing what they're what, what they're doing. Um, do you see what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? Really, because the, the amount of, I mean, I think millions of Americans have apparently been abducted. And I yeah, I mean, the thing is, though, it can give you a headache. <laughs> and you think, you know, how do they expect to keep a secret like that? But then, you know, the, well, using the media, it's very. I mean, I look at the newspapers and the, the news, and it's it is projecting our reality, isn't it? It does teach us to be oh, a yeah. certain way, doesn't it? Like, it's I mean, very powerful. scientists have written books on it. Um, yeah. Dr. John Mack and other authors have have highlighted this problem. Yeah. Um, and of course, the thing is, we, you, the likes of you and I, will never be given an answer. Even um, researchers have tried to get um, people in in Congress to deal with this, and they will not have anything to do with it. The whole subject is suppressed and ignored. It's like, you know, farm ranchers that had a lot of cattle mutilations. They had Linda Moulton Howe, an award-winning TV documentarist, go in and, and um, try and deal with this. And of course, she was snubbed by Congress. So there's obviously something going on that the, the likes of the, the higher people in command and control do know about that don't want us to know about. They certainly don't. I mean, are you referencing the work of Dr. Stephen Greer when he did, they did the 2001 Press Club? No, I, I don't know. I, I, not about that. No, I've I've read books on other on other subjects and other fields sure. of trying to, trying to deal with it. But more or less, yeah. yes, same same thing altogether. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you you obviously work in the media. You you've been on TV and stuff. I mean, how have yeah. you found you know the, the media companies because they, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, all I can say is that there's there's no real way of winning with television. Um, if the program is pre-recorded then they can cut out anything they want to. If the program is live, then they will discredit you or try to... Uh, and basically, it's a circus. I mean, not all television is like that, but a lot of TV companies who don't understand anything about the paranormal or the UFO field of research look at these subjects as like a pantomime. They basically put you in a, circ a circle and, and you're like a circus act, basically. And one particular program I won't mention here, um, but when I came away from there, um, I was really quite down and dejected because um, the audience had no idea whatsoever of what we were discussing or talking about. Uh, they had no understanding of UFOs. And the TV program itself actually showed um, really uh, grainy footages of things that they'd obviously picked up from old archives and not the stuff that was given by other researchers at the time. So I do know that, you know, television can sometimes be a credit, more times than not where these subjects are concerned are more of a hindrance and doesn't do us any credit whatsoever. Um, so, no, there, there, there is one thing 
It's good about TV. It can promote, but it can also destroy. Just ask any celebrity that with the newspapers, you know. Um, one minute they can be looked upon and praised. The next minute they can be destroyed completely through press or media. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, very dodgy industry to get involved in, isn't it? But sometimes you have some brave people get in there to try and break the mould um, and get the message yeah. out to a, a broader you know, audience. Well, that's why I wrote Believe. I wanted yeah. people, because I come away from um, some of them programmes feeling like, you know, why is no one listening? What, you know, and you think that you're the only person that has had certain experiences and you want to try and get to the bottom of it to try and find out more. So I wrote Believe as a, as, a, as a way of trying to deal with that and to try and tell people the truth. And that's something that we're looking for, which is the truth. All we want is the truth. We're not after sensationalism or, uh, as most people would make you believe, someone that's, you know, making lots of money, which we're not. It's not about that. It's a passion and a drive to find the truth. And that's, that's what I'm involved with, with the research that I do. Yeah, I think it's important. I think we are in a time now where people should start breaking down the barriers and try and get the truth out, you know, one way or another. You know, help shake people's minds a little bit on, on various yeah, subjects. I mean, I think belief is a very dangerous thing to try and control people's belief systems, but if they were just to open their minds a little bit and just see what's going on, then they might know that, you know, there is more to us than just physical flesh and blood beings, and that we have a universe that we hardly understand. Yeah. I mean, basically, just moving back onto your, on your, to your clairvoyant work as well, so yeah. um, you've obviously been an accomplished uh, clairvoyant, you've worked with some big names and stuff like that, haven't you? Yeah. So are, yeah. are you still continuing that work now as well? Oh, absolutely, totally. Yeah. I mean, that, that, is, that is my line of work um, completely, um, you know, to, to deal with clairvoyance and, yeah. um, and, and reaching for the divine especially um, I wanted to show people how that worked. I'm working on my third book, actually, called Revelations, which is uh, uh, From Dark into Light, which discusses a lot about the funny aspects of clairvoyance and the, mm. some of the strange things that have happened to us, um, you know, with regards to, to the functions that we do, which can sometimes be very funny and sometimes very sad. And I feel that, you know, dealing with these subjects as both UFO and spiritual um, thing has has made me aware on a bigger scale, um, a comfort to know that there is continuation of the soul, that this is not the end. And and, and also there's variety as well. It doesn't mean we have to be an Earth person next time around, do we? You know, we can be off somewhere else completely. You know. Well, that's right. But I always <laughs> say to people jokingly that when I get back over on the other side, I'm still getting a refund. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it always looked really good when you looked at that contract or whatever it was. <laughs> Yeah, but going back to your question, yes, definitely. I mean, I, I don't know, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that we, I do know that we have existed as, as uh, um, other people, um, but why not? Yeah, why not? Why not other beings? Why not other places, dimensions? You know, sure. that, that, that is a possibility. I won't discount that whatsoever, not at all. Yeah, sure. So how, how do you work clairvoyantly? I mean, some people work with a, a guide, don't they? Others just, um, they work with their kind of higher self or, or whatever. Some have a guide that gives them loads of wisdom. I mean, I mean in what way do you do you work? Um, I'm clairvoyant and clairsentient, which means I see and I sense. And when I work with an audience, I will simply describe um, that communication is done like, you know, your telephone ring and you pick it up, you don't know who it is. And all I need from them is yes or no. And I will go directly to a person when I work. And um, it's like being in a court of law. You have to bring evidence through um, um, as well, too. And it's interesting as well with regards to that. I also do uh, psychic schools as well, too. I teach people 
and yeah. how to um, uh, open up, how to uh, read the messages or interpret the messages. And um, I don't know if you're aware, do you know that we have a meditation CD? I've done one called Angels. Um, I, did, I, I did see that on your website, yes. Yeah, we work, we've worked on that. That's out at the moment. That's £8. And we're working on a second one called Wolf Song, The Elements, um, sure. which we're very excited about. Um, and it's, it's about helping people learning to uh, tune in or um, raise their consciousness to a slightly higher level of awareness. Um, when I do the work with mediumship, it sometimes can be very strange as well to explain to people in my schools, classes, that you know, one communicator, one spirit might be harder to understand than another. Some can chat and chat away for hours, and others, can, you can hardly get anything from them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, same as people, isn't it, really? <laughs> well, that's right. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, when, when you're working with, with spirit, um, do you... How can I phrase this really? Um, actually, just rewind on that. Basically, some people seem to be natural, don't they? They seem to have a natural connection with spirit. Um, yeah. That they they complain they can never turn it off. Um, no. Others really want to be mediums, and it never seems to switch on. Um, right. So it seems that you know, can we all be mediums? Or for some, it, it does seem to be more natural than others, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I would never. I, I, I'm, I'm what they would call someone that didn't want anything to do with this whatsoever. Um, but um, obviously, someone, someone wanted me to be a medium. Mm. Um, so I suppose a natural medium. But sure, I mean, people can learn to become medium, mediumistic. Um, I'm not saying that everyone has that ability, but all people have the ability to at least um, channel and focus consciousness on another level and that can help them in their day-to-day um, lives as well too it's not just um, getting messages through it's like a piano player you can get two people one's a born piano player and one learns to play the piano um, although the one that plays the piano does play it good you, you still can't get away from the person who's really the genius of the piano so we all have different um, things in life you know that we're good at we excel at and some that don't yeah. but sure anyone that's curious about the field um, can actually uh, learn to open up, definitely. We're all psychic to, a, to, to some degree or not. It's just finding out how psychic, how mediumistic we are. Yeah, and I guess it's the, the things that you learn is, um, yes, you're getting all these images coming through, all these feelings, or you're hearing yeah. stuff, but it's kind yeah. of how to decode it, isn't it? It's, it's being that investigative kind of yeah. um, uh, policeman, yeah. if you like, and working out what they mean. Yeah, interpretation is basically one of the hardest things to do. Um, but we, I ask spirit upstairs to try and bring it through as simply as I can. Um, I think one of the hardest things of all for me, first of all, was to do to differentiate between a male or a female when I first got involved with this. And then it gets even uh, more complicated when you're, you're talking about the family in the early stages. But it, it just seemed to happen with me. I don't know. It just seemed to fall into place. I mean, sure. I mean, you know, we, we sometimes do get some things around the wrong way. Uh, I remember doing a reading in a church once. Uh, for a woman, and um, I came to her and I said, I have an Alsatian that's in spirit. And she said, oh, no, it's not in spirit. And I said, well, you know, why is it showing me its wings? <laughs> she said, because it's named Angel. Oh, so, okay. You see, that taught me many years ago about interpretation. 
So yeah. as a media, you have to be um, understanding of what you're bringing through. And I try to keep it as black and white and as short as possible so that, you know, without um, putting too much emphasis around the reading, you know, you have a male or a female coming through as a father link who passes cancer. You understand this type of thing. Mm. Um, and that's how I link with spirit, or they rather link with me. So, yeah, it's based on interpretation, which can sometimes be tricky, um, you know, can be tricky. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it sounds like fun, really, isn't it? I mean, not, not it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot, I know that, I know that. I mean, I've, got, I mean, I've had, I had a, a sort of spell um, developing quite a long time ago, but I realised oh. it wasn't quite for me because I've always had a very um, inquisitive mind in mm-hmm. a sense. My mind never, never stops. Um, and when I meditate, I tend to go into complete stillness and but I never seemed to get the messages coming through. So in the end, I kind of thought, well, it's not really for me. And then I went into the kind of more research and, I suppose, philosophy, yeah. I, I guess. I'm thinking though, we've all got our parts to play in life. Um, if we're all doing the same thing, it'll be, it'll be pretty boring. And, you know, it's all credit to people uh, like yourself also doing your own research. Uh, maybe that's what spirit wants you to do, you see, um, making you um, blink out with people. Um, and, and, and reaching out to them and bringing them together. So we all have our parts to play, whatever part that is. You're yeah. still doing the work, you're still doing the work, but on a slightly different level. And if you find enjoyment from that, then, then that's fine. Yeah, I do, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, have you got anything lined up for the rest of the year? So you've got the, I think you're doing the Rendlesham Forest in April, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And then... Um, Psychic schools we've got starting in February that lead through to all the way through the year and also working with Tony Stockwell um, in July um, uh, again. So it's going to be a pretty busy year. Um, What what with the new CD as well too that we're working on, um, Wolf Song. That, by the way, is the name of my spirit guide, Wolf Song. Uh, And I believe you me, I can tell you when a medium that I'd seen that worked for the FBI told me when I went to go and see one for the first time that I had North American Indian as a spirit guide, I knew, I thought, oh, good Lord, here we go. But you know what? That guide gave his evidence through to me and his name through to me. So, um, you know, we all have uh, those connections of spirit guides that do help us. We give them a hard time sometimes. <laughs> <but> <laughs> they are there. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, if you've got a picture of your guy, if you, if you, you know, don't know what he looks like and, and stuff well, like Well, I went into a shop one day. I was feeling really, really low, and I went into a sci-fi shop. And no, don't put me into the category of a, of a gook or something like that, geek or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just in there, and I was really low, and I was going through these pictures, these, uh, these uh, posters, and there was only one in there that was completely different from all the others. It was a North American Indian with two wolves with him. So I bought the poster and I got it laminated. And, uh, you know, I, I was getting all these little signs when this, this, the clairvoyance activated in 1999 um, that started to become quite strong with me. And, 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 and I, I refused to believe that I was dealing with um, an entity known as a spirit guide. But unfortunately, he... Uh, he got to me, and um, and uh, that's the thing that I, I think that's wonderful. It's when you've put your trusted spirit. Yeah. So, I mean, how did that manifest in you then? I mean, how, did you feel like you were going crazy? No, well, it was because psychologically it has a, a, a big, um, you know, impact upon, uh, you, you know, anyone, you know, because when, when this medium, she'd brought evidence through um, of people that had passed over, 
and she then started to read about my future, which all has happened so far. And when she said to me about the spirit guide, I, I went home and I meditated and I thought, sure, um, spirit guide. And by the way, I thought they talked to me like you and I talking to each other, but that wasn't the case. It took me a while to understand that it was visual and sensory through communication. Anyway, I said, well, if, if you are a North American Indian, what's your name? What's your name? And of course, I was shown this sign of this um, wolves and a, a North American Indian playing a, a pipe. And I, I put the two together, wolf song, wolf song. And I thought, you know, if, if that's your name, prove it to me. Well, nothing came back. And the next day at work, for the first time ever, a big Canadian came in wearing a leather jacket. And what was he wearing on his T-shirt? Wolves on his T-shirt with a, a North American Indian playing a flute. So I'd obviously had my sign, um, education that something was trying to get through to me. And I remembered I was shaking afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but when, when you see stuff like that, it, it makes you wonder like how um, the universe is in a, a perfect dance. You know, everything seems to happen through synchronicity. Yeah, and absolutely. The, yeah, the minute you take notice of something, then something yeah. happens. But that could have, you might have gone into that shop the next day and that guy would have been standing there, but you would have taken no notice of him wearing a... That's right. That's right. It, it, it's about awareness. It's about, it's about us being aware of what's going on around us. If we choose to negate something, then I believe that, that our consciousness closes up. If someone wants to believe in something, opens up a, our consciousness to a wider level, and we're able to then link with the universe, or the universal mind, or whatever you want to call it, and it will help you. It's not going to give you everything. It won't do that, um, but it will put you on the path. As, um, you know, Gail Peacock says to me, it's like um, the trail, Hansel and Gretel, you know? Mm. Yeah, you follow the signs. Sure, sure. So, I mean, you've obviously got the, the the Indian guide there, but like the indigenous people, they listen to nature, didn't they? They listen to the wind. They look for signs with animals moving by and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So you know, we're kind of relearning or re remembering how we should be. But you know, we live in a crazy world. Um, yeah. But we've got to try and have the old ways again, I guess, mixed with that. Well. Absolutely. The anti-civilian cultures of our society obviously um, shows us, I mean, not going into too much detail, but certainly with Egypt and the Sumerians and the uh, Mayans, that they were very well advanced. Unfortunately, through some form of capitalism, it wiped their civilization out. We're only beginning to discover now that the ancient ways are sometimes the best ways. Um, even though we are technologically minded, it's made society more colder to each other. We don't communicate with each other um, at all, really. Um, you know, we have computers and televisions, and we're all kept indoors. Most people don't even know their neighbors. So, yeah, sure, although it's an advantage to be technologically wise, it doesn't do much for you know, our society as, uh, as a level spiritually, no. Yeah, no, fantastic. So, basically, have you got any more books um, planned? I think you covered those off already, haven't you? Yeah, I've, um, I've got quite a few more that's under, you know, under my hat at the moment that I want to do that explores um, many other areas of the paranormal, what we call the paranormal or the psychic field. Certainly, I've got many more uh, lined up for that, yeah. Sure, okay. And also, just going back to the psychic school as well, where, where is that based? That's based in we, we, Moggerhanger um, Village Hall in Bedfordshire and uh, we take classes of up to 25 people and um, it's, it's wonderful because the schools that we've had, they don't want to go, they keep coming back. <laughs> <laughs> That's the idea.
Yeah, fantastic. So, I mean, what, what sort of um, subjects do you cover in the school? Um, we deal with healing, we deal with clairvoyance, we deal with clairsentience, we, we deal with how to read the messages. It, it covers everything, really. We have a beginner's course and also an advanced course. So those people that are on the beginner's course, when they finish that, then go on to the advanced course, which is more in-depth about energy, energy manipulation, and um, about finding the confidence, the ability within themselves to stand up and trust in spirit communication. So, yeah. it, so we try to cover all angles of that, psychometry as well, and even um, seances to, to deal with different energies that surround us. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're they're good courses because they're also confidence building courses, aren't they? As well, they they enhance oh, your life in many ways. Oh, really. absolutely, yes, totally. I mean, I think that's the important thing. I mean, you know, most people, it, it's a good way of bringing people together who do feel isolated and have these experiences, but have no one to, you know, release the stories to or let 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 go of. And that's one way of bringing people together, which is another good thing as well because we all become firm friends. And I've I've made quite a lot of friends through what I what I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so going back to the book now, because um, we're sort of getting near to the end of the show now. Anyway, um, are you going to take it on the road, or are you going to you know get out there with it? And oh yeah, I mean, reaching for the divine. I mean, when that came out in two thousand and seven, late two thousand and seven, has done very well. Um, believe itself we, we're going to promote, um, you know, you know, book signings and Waterstones and Smiths and, and girls will settle out for me, you know, yeah. dealing with the, the, the media. Um, uh, you know, and it's something that I, I feel that um, is important to me. The book especially is important. The title came really from uh, from them upstairs, from Spirit and Believe, because I thought, what, what a beautiful title. Mm. It just says everything in one go, Believe. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I have a lot of faith and trust and, and uh, wonderment in that book. It's, it's something I, I hold, hold close to my heart. Yeah. So, yes. So it would be available in all good stockists, all good bookshops? Yeah, yeah, yeah as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, bookshops, yeah. you get it signed. If you get it for the website, you get it signed and sent to you. So, yeah. as well, too, if they want that. Okay. Um, well, fantastic. I mean, is there anything else you want to cover before we go? I just would rather like to say to people who are listening to the show that it's really nice that, you know, you have people that follow this, this path and there's different people with different beliefs and, and there's, uh, different ways of looking at things. But uh, one of the things I find that's wonderful is that you have actually embraced a subject that's not made very clear to the general public um, on, on any level. And, and you know, if, if in some way my book can help um, in a small way, then that's wonderful, you know. That's if I, you know, they don't bump me off or something. If I am near to the truth. <laughs> well, if they did, then we know it's true. Well, uh, it, it's all good work, anyway, isn't it? I mean, um, getting the truth out there on two absolutely fantastic subjects, and I'm sure people will look back on on us, people like yourself, in 20 or 30 years' time, and go, "Those guys were the vanguards. They really, you know, they stuck their neck out to bring the truth out." Yeah, um, it's like going out on a limb. Um, basically, I was told that I'm going out on a limb with this, basically. Um, but I'm prepared for that because um, within the book, you'll find out exactly um, where I've made the connections between the spiritual and the UFO subject and what um, these graves are doing, why they are here, why the truth is being, um, you know, um, buried. 
and why people like you and I are not, not allowed to know the truth. I think that's something that's very important that people need to know about, that we're dealing with something that's shockingly not what we think it is. Sure, okay. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I won't go into um, what it is, because we'll keep that for the book. Um, but, I mean, how did you get the information? Well, that is very interesting. I will tell you that um, many years ago, um, I had written an article called Spirits in a Material World that dealt with... Um, the graves and I remember at work I was mulling over this and in a flash of inspiration I had most of these things given to me I remember I grabbed a piece of paper and a pen and started furiously writing them down um, I hadn't an idea where it came from or, or where it was coming from in any way or form and um, I punched out this article that was taken by an American magazine that was um, done as a four-page thesis in this uh, magazine they called it revolutionary and it's speculation but I did not give all of what I was saying in it, I wanted to hold on to that because that was, um, that was, uh, that was in 1996. Um, and I knew that I had to wait to actually write this book to bring the information through in this book um, around about this time now. Because if I brought out the UFO book before the spiritual book, I don't feel that most people would have taken it seriously. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So I feel, um, and interestingly, a medium had told me that my first book would be a, a psychic book and it would be followed on by a, a UFO book. And of course, I remember disagreeing with her. And of course, that's exactly what happened. So yeah, the cosmic planning was, uh, was all there, wasn't it? <laughs> mm. well, you know, when you think um, 20 years in the making or, you know, when you think all the, all the events have led you up to this point, um, yes, it, it makes you wonder about yeah. life, doesn't it, really? <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we've a short lifespan, really. If we, if we really sit down and think about it, um, um, you know, we, we have a very short lifespan here. Um, and before we return home, we go back over. And that's something I think people should stop and think about, um, especially all of the destruction and the war wars that's going on around the world, uh, all the terrible things you see on the news. If people were to stop and just think for a moment about, you know, the fragility of life, and, and how short the span we do have here, it might change a lot of things. And especially if we just, if we learned, most people learn that we are spiritual, that we are immortal beings, it might change things for us here. Yeah, no, indeed, yeah. indeed. It's a great message to end the show on. Um, absolutely fantastic talking to you, Philip. Thank you for coming on. Um, I'll, Thank you. I'll be definitely reading this book, and um, I'll sure hope any, anybody else interested in this subject will pick up a copy as well. And you say you can pick it up through um, Philip's website. Um, there will be a link underneath the show, um, and also we'll have a link on our website to the book as well. So if you just want to read out your website again. Yeah, it's www.philipkinsella.com. Okay. Well, thank you again, Philip. No, thank you very much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're most welcome.